So, so I was thinking of something when I was in Israel, and it's this. Uh, you are on a journey, and you're not going to make it. See ya. Have a nice day. <laughs> but it just occurred to me. You're in process. You're not where you used to be. You've been redeemed. But you're not in your land of promise yet, and you're just not going to make it. You can't make it. You're going to fall short. You will not reach your final destination unless God blesses you. It was true with Israel as well. They were a slave people for 400 plus years. Uh, They cried out to God. He graciously delivered them. He became their redeemer. He constituted them as a nation, though they had been a slave people. He gave them because he loved them, his laws, so as to show them he cares how they live. He got them into an organized people group. He assigned priesthood. He established his presence in their midst in the tabernacle. And they have quite a journey to go through the wilderness until they get to the promised land. And they're not going to make it without the blessing of God. Do you think he's willing to give it? You have to be sure of that. See, some people, I think some people are reluctant to commit to the Lord Jesus because they're uncertain about his intent to bless. You have to get it straight. He does not wish to be your adversary. He wishes to be your savior. You need not be at odds with God. God is inclined to bless. He delights in blessing. Listen, he's holy and there's judgment. He's powerful. I know that. He's almighty. But he wishes not to be your judge. He wishes to be the one who blesses you. You have to know that. He, He doesn't have to be begged. You don't have to twist his arm. You don't have to be on shaky ground. You can say, God, I need blessing for the journey. I'm not going to make it. I feel like I'm, I'm going to be lost in the wilderness. I can't get through the wilderness unless you bless me. And I want to prove to you tonight that is exactly what God is all about. Israel was on her wilderness journey. In fact, the book uh, under our consideration numbers is called that, Bemidbar, in the wilderness. And before they set out too far, God declares his intention to bless them in their journey. In fact, he takes it so seriously, he instructs his high priest with regard to how he, God, wants the people blessed. So take a look at it with me. It's Numbers chapter 6 tonight. Numbers chapter 6, beginning in verse 22, where we left off. And while you're turning, please let me express my appreciation to uh, Brother Emery and Brother Buddy for providing us with such wonderful, and well, at least Buddy, s- such edifying uh, Wednesday nights. The last two Wednesday nights I heard were just magnificent testimonies, wonderful testimonies of the Lord's transforming power. One week in Emery's uh, call to live differently in the new year. So it is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful blessing to serve with both of those guys. Numbers chapter 6, verse 22. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and to his sons, saying, Thus you shall bless the sons of Israel. This is the heart of God. He does not wish to be your adversary. He does not want to subject you to suffering to the extent that he simply wants to find out what your pain quotient is. He's not experimenting. He's not toying with you. He doesn't wish to abuse or exploit you. He wishes to bless. Speak to Aaron. 
speak to his sons. They were the priests, Aaron, namely the high priest, saying, this is how you shall, in my name, bless the sons of... You see, all blessing comes from God, but it's mediated through his priests, namely his high priest. In this case, under the old covenant, it was Aaron. Who's your high priest today? Yeah. So when you read this, always, always read the Old Testament through New Testament eyes. Otherwise, you're just going to get history. You're going to get a nice history lesson. Aaron is a type of foreshadowing of his ultimate fulfillment uh, in the Lord Jesus Christ, a far better high priest because he mediates a far better covenant, the new covenant. And so God is the source of blessing, but it is mediated through his, through his high priest. And you shall say to them, the text says, verse 24, the Lord bless you. I hope you know this about God. It'll help you get up in the morning. It could cause fears to subside. You do not have to have spiritual ups and downs, wondering about your standing with God from moment to moment. You vacillate. You fluctuate. You make some bad turns. But God doesn't change. He's the constant. He's the rock. You've got to know that the rock... Uh, who is the unchangeable God, has a serious intent to bless. The Lord, this is the heart of God. The Lord bless you. This is what he intends to do. This is what he loves to do. He loves to bless those who are his. This is his heart's desire. If you want to know fundamentally what is God all about, he's a God who has your best interests at heart. He yearns to bless you. And this desire, this intense, intentional desire by God to bless you is what undergirds absolutely everything he does and everything he allows you to experience. And you and I have got to remember this in painful times. Because in painful times, let's just face it, folks. uh, We really wonder what God's all about. What did I do to deserve this? Why do you hate me? Why do I not have your favor like one of these others? Obviously, they're more pleasing to you than me. This is not the way it is supposed to be. I'm suffering loss. I'm suffering medical problems. I'm suffering unemployment. God, what is it? So during those times, we're in desperate need uh, for the ability to think straight about what's going on. You have got to know, based upon even what we're reading here, God's stated desire to bless you, that even during those times, difficult and painful, though they may be, troublesome, unsettling, though they surely are, you have to know God's intent to bless undergirds even that. Now, here's the rub. We think we have a better idea of how the Father ought to bless us than he does. That's not true. If you're blessed by the Father, you're blessed by the best. And the Father knows what we need. We only know what we want. Let's face it. I want smooth sailing and so do you. I don't want bumps in the road. I do not want unemployment. I don't want catastrophe. I don't want illness. I want it to be well with my children. I want them to have a full 
and meaningful life. I want them to be gainfully employed. I want them to be well married. I want them to have healthy children. I want it all to be good. I don't want a flat tire. I want the best spot in the parking lot. I mean, come on. And if God would only listen to me, I could tell him how to better bless me. Because this other stuff ain't working too much. You know what I mean? The illnesses, the this, the that, the throes of life. I just got instructed. No, 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 no. Everything that happens is undergirded by our Father's intent to bless us. And Father knows best. I'm telling you, we just have to get it. Where is there blessing and affliction? Come on. If we had time, we could pass the microphone around. And many here would say, I do better in times of uh, adversity than in times of prosperity. When things are going good with me, I put God on the shelf. I am hurting now. And when I hurt, I don't pray. I cry out to God. Look how he just blessed. When I'm overwhelmed, I cry out to God. Look how he just blessed. Everything about him is to draw us into intimacy with him, to draw us closer to him. And let's face it, I don't want to. I would rather be independent of God. I would rather be God. I would rather be autonomous. I would rather not need to be beholden to God. And God knows, oh, I won't be blessed when I wander. And so he allows life circumstances to constrain my heart so as to be drawn closer to him. People let you down. Go, God. Why is this not working out? Why is that not working out? What's going on? Where are you? Right here. Right here. Allowing things to come your way that I know ultimately are in your best interest. Come on. Get it straightened out. We can't understand all the circumstances. We ask the why question, but do not impugn God's motive. No. That his motive is to bless. No, everything that befalls you is undergirded by God's intentionality. You can cry out. You can say, God, this hurts. I don't like this. Oh, God, you've got to get me out. You could do all of that. But don't say, God, why do you hate me? God, how I have, I, why, how I have failed you. God, why are you angry? God, why are you evil? God, why don't you? Don't, don't say, oh, God, I believe it's your intent to bless me. I just don't get it. I'm time bound. You speak about eternity. I don't know what eternity means. This is Wednesday. Tomorrow will be Thursday. The next day will be Friday. That's where I live. I live here. I don't know what eternity is. God, your blessing is in light of my good in terms of eternity. And a loving father is willing to allow us to suffer certain losses here that in the end don't matter anyway for the sake of ushering us into intimacy with him because that counts forevermore. So that's the rub. Don't tell the father how you need to be blessed. Father knows best. And when you're blessed by the father, you are blessed indeed by the best. Folks, I got to tell you something. Without God's blessing, nothing works. And you don't have to take that by faith. You can look to the most successful members of our society, academically, financially, athletically. What a mess they have the potential to make of their lives. I have to tell you something. Without the blessing, not what the world offers, without the blessing of God, Life's going to be a mess. That's just the way it is. Nothing works. For life to work, you have to have the blessing of the Lord of life. Doesn't that make sense? For life to work, you have to have the blessing of the Lord of life. And this says the Lord intends to bless you. 
You know, there's a Hebrew word underlying this English word, bless. Here's the Hebrew word, bended knee. I love this picture. You know what it's saying? Almighty God, the most high God, transcendent deity. You can't get to him if he doesn't extend downward to you. That God bends his knee to meet you where you are. It's the posture we assume when there's a cute little child and we want to make contact, say something nice, give a piece of candy, show some kindness. We get down. We reduce ourselves to the level of that child. That's the word here. The Lord bends his knee so as to get face to face with you, so as to meet you where you are. This is the intent of um, get it straight. Get it straight. Otherwise, the turmoil of life, more to come, more to come, is going to blow you out of the water. And me too. I can't explain the circumstances. I need to know the motive of the God behind it all. He's on bended knee. That's just how much he intends to bless. The Lord bless you. And then it says, and keep you. Shepherds, we saw them in the Middle East. They're still doing now what they did thousands of years ago. Shepherds, in caring for their sheep, sometimes would find uh, thorn bushes and construct kind of a perimeter hedge around the sheep with thorn bushes, a hedge of protection. So as to protect the sheep from predators, thieves, wolves. Sometimes, in fact, the shepherd would make himself the gate into this hedge of protection, would sleep there. So that if a thief, a predator, was coming to inflict harm on one of his sheep, they'd have to go through him. The shepherd would keep his sheep safe, even if it cost him his life. Oh, to have a shepherd like that. Wouldn't that be something? We do. The Lord Jesus, he laid down his life for the sheep. He's the good shepherd. Huh? If you are kept by the good shepherd, you are kept indeed. You will make it on the journey through this life on to the next. If you are kept by the good shepherd, for no one can pluck you out of his hand. No one, no one, no one. The Lord bless you. And the Lord keep you. And the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious. You ever look for a friend or family member in a crowd? Maybe you're at an airport. It's crowded. Throng of people. Lots of people. You go to the gate where you're expected loved one is supposed to land and you're 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 you're, if you're like me you know you're short guy you have to you're you're doing you're you're doing whatever you could you're straining you're straining your neck you want you want there's a crowd of people it doesn't mean you don't care for them you wish them well but there's a special connection with the one who's coming a friend a family member and then and then finally it seems like forever finally there she is there he is and there's a recognition and, and there's an encounter in your your, your, your face is upon that person's face and there's a connectedness and there's a delight and there's a recognition and a familiarity and there's a, there's a joy and there's, like a, there's, a, there's a closeness and that's how it is with God. 
You're not lost in the crowd. The Lord make his face shine upon you. He could pick you out in the crowd. He sees you. He sees you. He sees you. He lifts up his face upon you. There's a recognition. He delights in it. There's a connection. He takes joy in it. So ought to you and he. You're a person. You're not lost in the shuffle. He knows you by name. He knows everything about you. He knows when you get up. He knows when you sit down. He knows what you're thinking, even before you express it in words. He has enclosed you behind and before. He's laid his hand upon you. I mean, the Lord make his face shine on you. Why would he do it? Because it's an act of grace. In so doing, may he be gracious to you. Do you know Almighty God has turned his face to you? What if he turned his back? What if instead of his face, what if he gave you his back? That's called death. You would die. You would deteriorate. You would decline. What if God gave you his back and not his face? Oh, no. You don't ever have to doubt that. You don't have to. God put it down in writing. Moses, tell Aaron to bless the people who are privy to covenant with me. Bless them this way. My face, not my back. They have my face. My face is towards them. No despair, no death. I'll never turn away from them. They don't have my back. I'm not moving away from them. There's nothing between us. They have intimacy. They have my face upon them. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you. In the Middle East, in ancient days, even today, if you were summoned to meet with a powerful person, you would do so with fear and trepidation. You would be brought into that person's court, and there that person would be, and that person might not even look at you. That person's gaze may be down. You have no idea what your fate is going to be. Worse than that person not looking to you, what if he did? with wrath and anger. You would have no hope. It would be death for you. Rejoice! (laughs) The ruler, the most powerful, king above all kings, the Lord Jesus, smiles upon you, looks from his throne, not with anger and disdain, but with compassion and loving kindness, love that will not will not let you go. You have the smile of God, don't you see, upon you. And uh, that's worth more than all the money, all the health, all the employment, all the everything the world can offer. You have the smile of God upon you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. That's how it works, see. God's smile accounts for your peace. That's how it is. No smile, no peace. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. The two go together. His gracious smile is what accounts for your peace with him and on the inside. The first accounts for the second. Grace, the grace of God towards you and me ensures 
that we will have peace with God now and forevermore. God's grace and your shalom. It's a word we used all the time in Israel. Probably wrongly, but we did the best we could. Shalom, peace. A lot of talk about peace today. People think peace is the absence of conflict. No. No. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Peace is not the absence of conflict. I know this because it's possible to have conflict in your personal life and still yet have an inexplicable sense of well-being. That's the peace of God. The shalom of God is not the absence of war, the absence of conflict. It's a sense of wholeness and completeness and well-being in the midst of conflict. Anyone in the world can feel good about the absence of conflict. This is better. Jesus said, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives. It's a peace which endures and persists in the midst of the harshest of circumstances. It's the peace that accounts for the song, it is well with my soul. Look at a Christian at peace with God may have to say, it is not well with my body. It is not well with my finances. It is not well with my family. It is not well with my job, but it is well with my soul. That's shalom. What do you want? The peace that's attributable to circumstances that the world offers or the peace that transcends circumstances. Jesus said, that's why I want you to be blessed. Peace. Peace. Shalom. I want you to notice something. The word, the, the phrase, the Lord, three times. Verse 24, the Lord bless you. Verse 25, the Lord make his face shine on you. Verse 26, the Lord lift up his countenance on you. You know what that is? That is a trinity of God's declared intent to bless. Blessing from the Father, blessing from the Son, blessing from the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit. Oh, yeah. God wishes to bless. So they shall invoke my name, he tells the high priest, on the sons of Israel, and I will bless them. They shall invoke my name on the sons of Israel, and I'll bless them. You see, God has put his name on those who are in covenant relationship with him. It's a mark of ownership. It's a spiritual brand. Wow. It means you are God's. You people of the new covenant, rejoice. You are God's. He has put his name upon you, and they shall invoke my name You are labeled. You are marked for eternal life. My property. Mine. Wow. To be blessed by God is to have his name upon you. Look at here. You may have somebody's frown. You may have the frown of the world. The believers in the Middle East seem to. But if you have the smile of God, you'll make it. You do. He spelled it out. I'm not making this up. He spelled it out right here. To be blessed by God is to have his name upon you. If he has you, he will bless you. However, if he does not have you, he cannot bless you. So I ask you this question. Does God have you? 
That's the question. Does God have you? I hope so. Please let him and be blessed. We have just reviewed in these few verses an ancient benediction. And because it was given to um, Aaron, it is called the Aaronic benediction or the priestly benediction. And my people have repeated it for thousands of years since its inauguration right here in Numbers chapter 6. And we do it in Hebrew. And I want to give you a chance to be blessed uh, through the priestly benediction in Hebrew. And so it makes sense, therefore, to call upon my Gentile friend from Fort Worth, Texas. This is Brother Bill. And Brother Bill does the ironic benediction better than any Jew I ever met. And I would like to ask you, brother, if you would, as only you could, using the very words of God as ordained in this chapter, recited for thousands of years, would you pronounce that very benediction upon these folks for whom the Lord Jesus died? The Lord bless you. Would you turn to one or two? Pronounce it to one another. You are a believer priest. Say to someone, the Lord bless you. And now say, and keep you. And now say, the Lord make his face shine upon you. Turn to one another. Please ex exchange your believer. The Lord make his face shine on you. And be gracious to you. Bless each other. The Lord lift up his countenance on you. Share that, would you please? The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace and give you peace. Lord Jesus, Sar Shalom, Prince of Peace, thank you for everything. We will thank you now and forevermore. Thank you for love that will not let us go. Thank you for your intent to bless us. And that accounts for the fact that we are assured of finishing our wilderness journey and singing victory in Jesus, our Savior, forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for everything. We love you, for you have first loved us. This we pray in your precious name. Amen.